श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए और भक्त बिंद की जाए गोल प्रेम आनंदे It's nice to be here again with all of you. And as mentioned, I was asked to speak on the subject of japa. So we'll try to say a few words on that. <clears throat> we begin with Krishna's words in the Bhagavad Gita. We were speaking of late from the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, most recently. And um, as, as you know, the essential, four essential verses, the heart of the Bhagavad Gita is, is found there. And that heart is clearly the Ananya Bhakti, Analoid Bhakti, and the ideal of the uh, Raj Prem, the Vrindavan life, and Leela. <clears throat> and the verses are surrounded then on, uh, interestingly enough, that, that is uh, Madhurya Gyan, uh, knowledge about the love and intimacy sweetness of Bhagavan Sri Krishna, surrounded on both sides by Aishvarya Gyan, knowledge of his majesty. We talked a little bit about that and how that works wonderfully together. How, in short, the intimacy, the sweetness of Krishna is such because of, in one sense, because of his majesty. Um, when someone is, as he says, aham sarvasya prabhava mata sarvam pravartate, the source of everything, but uh, makes himself readily available to us or becomes overwhelmed himself by the force of bhakti and uh, and this makes for possibility of 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 love and an intimacy. That's very extraordinary, but again, the possibility of the uh, love and intimacy or the, uh, its sweetness is such in one sense because of His Majesty. So, it's very nice the way this is arranged in, in the 10th chapter, which is entitled Vibhuti Yoga. So, Krishna's talking about how various powerful manifestations of nature or prominent things Hmm? Um, represent him. Hmm? And so, among sacrifices, he mentions, I am Japa. It's considered to be a very clean sacrifice uh, in relation to Ashvamedha Yagya, for example, various animal sacrifices and so forth, which are found in the Vedic literatures, they are supposed to have a good intention, but on their face, at least, they're somewhat unappealing, and uh, Japa doesn't carry with it any of those types of issues. Uh, so, this is one of the reasons why he says of sacrifices. I am Japa. I suppose he could have said Nam Sen Kirtan, uh, but he left that for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <laughs> to be identified with and to distribute. And the two are not necessarily unrelated. And we tend to think of Japa in relation to uh, Nam Sen Kirtan or, or Japa. Uh, several places, for example, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, we hear about Haridas Thakur's chanting, and uh, as we know, he chanted uh, three lakhs or three hundred thousand names a day, and um, 
and in several places where his chanting is described, it's referred to as Sankirtan. So we have to talk about that, make that that connection. Uh, but the term japa itself, the word itself, has a broader uh, reach uh, that extends beyond the uh, what would be called nam. What could be also be called nam smarnam. So the implication smarnam means remembrance or meditation, nam meditation. So the implication is what that japa is a form of meditation. It is a form of smarnam. We have nine limbs of bhakti, navavidha bhakti, given by whom? Who gave us the nine limbs of bhakti? Prahlad. Hmm? Shravanam, kirtanam, vishnu, smarnam, parasevanam, archanam, bandhanam, dasyam, sakyam, matmani, vedanam. Hmm? Of these nine, three are prominent. We discussed them yesterday with regard to the second of the four uh, essential verses of the Gita. Madchita madgata prana bodayanta parasparam katayantas chamam nityam tushanti charamanticha. Madchita, this is smarnam. Hmm? Bodayanta parasparam, this is hearing. Hmm? Like reading. Bod means intelligence, studying the scripture, discussing it with others. Bodayanta parasparam katayantas chamam nityam. And kata means. Kirtan. So, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smarnam, these are the three main limbs of bhakti that are embraced in Gaudiya Vaishnavism's pursuit of the Ragmarg. Satatam, Kirtayantum. Shravanam, Kirtanam, and Smarnam. So, Japa, then, is smartam, is madchitta, to have, absorb one's mind. And so to do japa is not only to, for example, as we do in our sect, in our lineage, in our sub-branch, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, 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 we chant uh, the Nam, Krishna Nam, on uh, our Japa Mala, we also uh, do the the Japa of, or the Dhyan, the meditation, the Smaranam of our mantra. Those of who, who of us who have received the um, uh, Diksha mantras, then you know we chant them and we count and. So many, so, so many times a day, and so forth. This is also another form of of, of japa. So let me give you in the broader context, and and as I say, in the broadest sense, japa is a limb or an expression of the limb of bhakti known as smarnam meditation. And uh, this is, a, as I say, one of the prominent limbs in. Uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's different, Smarnam, than Kirtanam and Shravanam, amongst these three, in that it requires more qualification in order to uh, to do Smarnam. We mentioned this a little bit, I think this was brought up yesterday maybe in some of the questions, but it came after our discussion. But, for example, uh, knowingly or un- unknowingly, anyone can hear the kirtan and, in one sense, participate in shravanam. And one can also say, well, there go those hairy Krishnas without any hair. And, uh, of course, in the broadest sense, we think, just see, he's chanting. <laughs> uh, I might mention that that's not necessarily uh, sankirtan. Sankirtan, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has, has taken the term and and explained some, some, kirtan, some, and kirtan, some, samyak, uh, means complete. And he says, 
Kirtan done with with sambandhagyan, complete with sambandhagyan, proper understanding of the uh, the 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 teaching, the philosophy, the theology that underlies the practice. This is very efficacious. He says, this is Sankirtan, complete. Uh, so, uh, this is very prominent, of course, during his time, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, that all kinds of people were chanting and uh, without being getting any siksha. Persons were, for example, members, family members of lineages coming from Srivast Thakur or Dvaita Charja or... Nityananda Prabhu, very prominent. Um, and while their predecessors, generations before, had been gurus and so forth, the, for one reason or other, the lineage became weak in terms of practice and theoretical understanding and more or less a way of life, a business. And um, so the blessing, the beads were given and mantra and so forth, but um, no siksha or not much, not sufficient and or confused ideas and so forth. And so that's why he emphasized siksha so much because without the, the diksha, which is part of sambandagyan, sambandagyan is a, is a, sambandha means relationship, so the knowledge of relationship what are you in relation to Bhagwan and the world? What is the world in relation to you? And so forth, all these things. Um, and your relationship with Bhagwan, this is part of the diksha. It comes out of the diksha. It's there in the mantra to be drawn out. Um, so, but that's Sambandha, Gyan. We requires oh, so much siksha to support it. Hmm? The act of giving it is the sambandha, but the siksha, imparting it, the siksha that follows and supports is important, and it won't bear fruit very readily hmm, without that. So, um, he saw a lot of that going on, and therefore he emphasized the siksha and so forth. <clears throat> so at any rate, the... Um, <clears throat> the uh, this uh, smarnam it requires some greater uh, qualification, some greater purific- purification to uh, participate in, to uh, to to engage in. It is um, we may do Hare Krishna or there are the Hare Krishnas and participate in a general way. There's the Hare Krishnas without the hair. As I said, in, in, in Kirtan, it's not the full idea of uh, Sankirtan, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur is explaining it. Um, but something, anyway, these are forms of bhakti that are very powerful. We call it, uh, Jiva Goswami has called it Swarup Siddha Bhakti. There are certain forms of bhakti, like these nine limbs of bhakti, that coming in touch with them have an effect on us whether we consciously participate them in, in, in them or not. Ultimately, we, we're supposed to become conscious of what we're doing and participate in it with, a, with feeling and understanding, and we'll draw more from them, but still they have some effect. Hmm. Um, but with regard to smarnam, it's very difficult to do meditation. <laughs> it's easy to say Hare Krishna, but to, but to meditate, that is another thing. So it requires, um, uh, there's a higher level of eligibility, and and this is brought out uh, very clearly in the Gita, for example. In the sixth, the sixth chapter of the Gita is about smarnam, and japa is smarnam. Dhyan, same idea, meditation. How does the sixth chapter begin? Karnam Ritu. It's a question by a It's Krishna speaking. That's right. What is the meaning? That's right. The meaning is that you cannot sit and be a yogi. This sixth chapter is about yoga and the meditation 
of Astanga Yoga mixed with bhakti. You cannot sit, which is yoga, <laughs> and meditate hmm, without having walked properly. You have to walk properly in order to sit properly. Anasrita karma phalam. What is the proper walking? Hmm? Uh, to walk or, or what I mean by walking is to, is to be in the world. Hmm? Sitting is to not be in the world, right? To not participate is, is, is the idea. To walk, by, I mean, what I mean by that is to be, participate in the world, to interact with others and so forth. One has to do that without being attached to the results of one's work, to do one's duties, to walk, without being attached to the result. And without, if you don't do that, you can't sit, he says. Because that kind of walking or being in the world purifies the heart. So there's, he says, so you cannot sit properly, as Prabhupada would say, sit properly. In his famous Japa tape, hear him chanting, sit properly. So, uh, it's a big idea. In order to sit properly, you have to have walked properly. It means that there's some qualification. The chapter begins with, in a very general way, explaining there's a qualification. And then it goes into so many details, also, about how to sit. Not too high, not too low. Hmm? in a secluded place, and so on and so forth. So all types of uh, regulations are given as well, even if one is qualified to sit by having a sufficiently purified heart. Purified heart means sufficiently the heart has become detached from things that then give rise in the mind to desires which make it wander. Hmm? Hmm. This is that whole idea. Desires uh, arise from attachment to things and they produce thoughts then that circulate around the mind and make it disturbed. And sitting means you have to have the mind peaceful and controlled. You can't do meditation and be thinking about something else. It's very practical. Hmm? So... So, in, so therefore, it's recommended. For example, in, we don't we recommend take to bhakti immediately. We don't say take to nishkam karma yoga, and uh, and then and gradually come to, come to bhakti. The Gita speaks like this for different people, but for those who have faith in bhakti, say take up take up bhakti, but do kirtan first. For example, in many Gaudiya uh, institutions, and there are a number of them, all hopefully formed not for the purpose of just spreading themselves, but for spreading Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which then makes each one complement the other hmm? and beautifies the, if you will, the landscape with different nuanced expressions of the same thing. Of course, if we think the mission is to just make the mission big, that, that becomes a problem. <laughs> then, that, then that mission can't cooperate with any other mission because they're not on the same page. Hmm? So, at any rate, side point, <laughs> if you will, a distraction. <laughs> I've been walking a certain course, so, so certain thoughts come up but uh, of late. But uh, to, <laughs> so, so at any rate, just to uh, uh, we don't recommend first take niskam karma yoga, take to bhakti, and bhakti requires only the faith. But then you have faith. A lot of missions, they the way they um, introduce their new uh, members to bhakti is by engaging them in kirtan, but they don't let them chant japa. They don't let them chant japa. Do kirtan, come to class. And the idea, the spirit behind what, what, they're, what they want to say is that in order to do japa, you, you cannot just get a, a market mala. You need a guru mala. 
Mala means the, the, the beads. You should have to get the beads from the guru, and the guru has rec- has acknowledged that you have eligibility on some level to do smarnam. Hmm? First do kirtan, then we, so we see whatever you're serious, you're getting some sambanda, gyan, some knowledge, some understanding, and we're seeing that that's in place and so forth. Now you have the honor and the opportunity to do japa, and the guru gives the, the mala. It's a nice idea. Of course, Prabhupada had, in his institution, had a different system, but we should underscore the fact that everybody in his mission during his time knew that that they needed to get the mala from Prabhupada. <laughs> that was there was no doubt about that, and they wanted that, and they were aspiring for. There was no confusion about that. Nowadays, there's just well, you get them in the store, and you know you don't need a maybe you don't even need a guru, just chant Hare Krishna, right? And and these kind of misconceptions are out and about. So what this kind of emphasis on holding back, giving the japa mala hmm, for some time hmm, is all about, on the one hand, is that there needs to be a certain level of uh, purification in order to effectively sit. But in another sense, there needs to be attention. This is important. Hmm? You need to, Because you cannot do japa really without paying attention. The extent that you paid attention is the extent that you did the japa. You can try to pay attention, but the much as you did, as much as you did japa, in, in, in a sense. Hmm? So, so, the beads are given, and a number is given to chant, of times around the beads and so forth. And then there are other, sometimes other instructions are given, like the instructions in the Gita, for example, not too high, not too low. Hmm? In a secluded place, and so not while you're driving, not while you're, you know, let's go on a japa walk and chat. <laughs> That's not the idea. You can find in Hari Bhakti Vilas many, many regulations about chanting. Beads cannot be chanted in outside of the bag, have to rotate in a certain way. Um, it's lots and lots of. Uh, regulations and so forth. But in one sense, the purpose of all these regulations surrounding the japa of nam, as we do, is that meant to make you think this is important, and it is, hmm? therefore you should pay attention. If you don't do it this way, and you do it that way, it'll be a problem, and so and it'll be, you get the wrong result, you won't get the result, and so forth. So this is all really an arrangement, uh, the way the scripture speaks about it, such a way, to get us to pay attention. Because without paying attention, this is the center of the whole exercise. Hmm? Ultimately, the heart has to be cleansed, and so as much as you cannot sit and pay attention, then we should be, we should walk in kirtan and in other angas of bhakti. Here, hmm? Sufficiently, the lectures, study the literatures, and so forth. Uh, do kirtan, and we can include archan, of course, and other other that, that requires some qualification as well. But but uh, then we come back to the to the to the dhyan, to the meditation, and see how well we're doing by the extent to which we can we can pay attention. It becomes like a, a temperature. Hmm? How I'm how I'm walking determined by how I'm sitting. Hmm? And so forth, and so this is a culture. We should enter into the japa as if here's this now. Okay, I'm going to do japa. Where is it going to take me? What what are the possibilities? Uh, it's just like I just got on the the plane and now I'm going on a on a journey. Hmm? So I'm paying attention to where I'm going. I'm looking out the window and so forth of the plane. <laughs> I just gave the analogy. But when I'm doing the japa, I'm listening to the japa, and that's, that's the plane, and the mantra is, is, is taking me, and so forth, and so on. So, therefore, for example, while all these regulations are there, there is also the statement from the sutras, what Vedanta Sutra tells us in the fourth adhyayi, it says what, yatra ekagra tatra visheshat, it means that 
Uh, it's a reference that cites, for example, the Upanishadic statement, uh, Mano Nukule, Mano Nukule, what is favorable for the mind, hmm, that is the regulation that's required. There are things that are, have been shown to be favorable, sitting in a quiet place, Again, not too high, not too low, that kind of thing. Hmm? There are things that have shown to be favorable, that create a favorable environment for this. But the overriding rule is, whatever, whatever situation causes the mind hmm, to tune in and pay attention, that's the one you want. Hmm? So it, it, it doesn't, it's not a rule, you see, there's a, there's a, there's a purpose, there's a principle involved. So we have to look a little bit, I'm, I'm pointing out beyond the rules here, what's being said, what the rules are for. Generally it's seen that if you have this in place and this in place and this in place, this will be conducive for having paying attention. But if you find somehow or other that, that you, but by that you're not paying attention in some other way, creates a, a favorable mindset then that is that is the place to do meditation. That is where and how to do meditation and so forth. You understand? Mahaprabhu said it another way. Nam nam akari bahudani desarvashakti tatrarpita niyamita smaranena kala. No may note. He says, nam smarnam. There are no rules for nam smarnam. He's really talking about japa. There are no rules for nam smarnam. Whereas there are all these rules for smarnam. Of course, he's speaking about the power of Nam, hmm, which makes it easier to do Smarnam hmm, than other, arguably, mantras or a Krishna mantra, hmm, uh, like the Diksha mantra or a Krishna Nam, Hare Krishna Maha mantra, for example. We do this, this is called uh, Nam Smarnam, as I said, a type of Smarnam, Japa as we do with the, with the beads. Nam smarnam. Hmm? So, so anyway, the whole point is that this japa, smarnam, requires attention. Hmm? That's why Taku Bhaktivinoda says, we caution us, that nam aparad, aparads arise primarily from inattention. So, this must be cultivated, attentiveness. Hmm? So big arrangement, so many things are said just to try to help us pay attention. The beads may be held back, and then they're given, then you think it's important, and it is important. Yeah? Now you're allowed to chant this many rounds. Not anymore. Uh, not any less. So, so this way, this is uh, the spirit behind these kind of procedures that you'll find invoked in different places and in different institu- Godi institutions and ways of of dealing with this, the overriding thing is this japa, you have to pay attention. And if you're not able to, then get up and do something else hmm? for Krishna. Do another anga. Engage another anga of bhakti. I've told the devotees, all right, then put down the beads, pull up the cartels, and chant out loud. Then we come to the idea that, of course, that within nam smarnam, or a japa on your mala, hmm, that you, there, are, there are three different um, types of this japa. Hmm. Manasik, Vajasik, and Upamsu. So, out loud, quietly, and in between, something like that. In the mind, hmm, or with um, audibly, audibly meaning that others can hear, or Upamsu, mean, upamsu means whispering, that, that, you, that the lips are moving, and you can hear, but... Everybody else can't hear, at least the whole thing or everything, only partially. Hmm? So we find that um, that the exemplar in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, Haridas Thakur, he was the, dubbed the Nam Acharya by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He chanted, it said, three lakhs, three uh, hundred thousand names. That's... 300,000 names? Yeah. Uh, 16 rounds, about 25,000. 
names. Most a lot of the devotees, Prabhupada, one of his disciples, chants 16. 64 is 100,000. Hmm? That means around 108 beads. 108, of course, is an interesting number uh, that comes up readily again and again in uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism with regard to many things, but there's 108 japa beads. It's said, incidentally, as an aside, that the average human life consists of, I think it's 20,600 breaths. 20, that doesn't make more sense, does it? Or in a day, in a day, I think it's in a day. 20,600 breaths in a day. And so, uh, I think it's, or whatever it is, the number, half of that is 10,800. Hmm? And one hundredth of that is 108. And so, the idea is if you do a hundred rounds, then half of your breaths that you breathe will be for maintaining yourself materially and the other half for chanting. So, you're giving 50%? Yeah, you're giving 50% of your breath. Hmm? Of course, if you want the mind to be fully absorbed, as we learned yesterday, then you have to have machita, machita, Madgata prana, hmm? all the breaths, all the prana, all the breaths have to be given. They give all their breath to me, hmm? even the sleeping breaths to me. Then the mind become fully absorbed in me. It implies that with charanagati, dependence, as much as we're dependent on our breath, hmm? so our breath is offered to God. The whole body is offered. The mind will will come around as well. Hmm? So. This uh, Leela Smarnam, for example, it requires Sharanagati. We're talking about some, to some extent about eligibility. To do Leela Smarnam effectively, one has to be a Sharanagata. So before that, do Nam Smarnam, because the Leela is in the name. The Gunas, the qualities of Krishna are in the name. Krishna's form is in the name. The name is so important. We don't say that the, the name is in the Leela. We don't. It may be that's another thing, but or in the guna or in the rupa. But we say that all these things are in the name. Just like recently, now they had that bombing in Boston, right? And so they've had pictures of the bombers, so they knew their form, but without their name, they could not apprehend them. Hmm. So here are their pictures. Does anybody know their name? Hmm. As soon as they have their name, then they could apprehend them capture them. So, this idea of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that, 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 that Rupa Goswami said it nicely in his Namastakam. He said that what? That the name and the named, Krishna and his name, are the same. Minatvam Namanamino. But, there's a difference between them at the same time. Leave it to Gaudiya Vaishnavism to confuse uh, what's the difference? The difference is, although they are the same, the name is more generous, more magnanimous than the named, than the form. We find a great example of this. What is a great example? That Brahma, the four-headed Brahma, he offended the form of Krishna. Krishna had appeared to Brahma at the dawn of the creation, and given him darshan there in Gyan Mudra, with giving a blessing hmm, to him. And he gave him the Gopal Mantra. At that time, Brahma expressed a desire for Sakyarasa, friendly relationship with Krishna, as the commentators have explained. And later on we know Hmm? that Brahma was given the opportunity to experience what Sakyarasa was, just to see if he really liked it. <laughs> uh, in the Brahma-vimohan Lila, Brahma became bewildered. Krishna killed Agasura. Brahma came in on his swan, and there he saw this what appeared to be an impersonation of his guru. Looked like Krishna, but he wasn't there in meditative pose and giving the blessing, the Gyan Mudra. Indeed, 
He had milk and yogurt and rice in his left hand, not in his right hand. And he's putting it in his friend's mouth and then taking from their mouth and putting in his mouth and, 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 and so forth. He said, well, you know, my guru doesn't act like this. <laughs> he's a little more dignified. And after all, his, Brahma's name is Vidhi, means rules. He's very perfect in, 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 in the, you have to follow the Varnashram, which has a million and eight rules perfectly, it said, for a hundred lifetimes to become a Brahma. So, hmm. <laughs> good luck on that. He's a pretty straight guy. And, uh, and see what happened to him, what Krishna did about his rules and so forth, what he showed him. There's something beyond the rules. Okay. You want Sakiras. Okay. <laughs> Come and have a view of that. He created this little to give Brahma view. And in this, not recognizing Krishna, hmm, he offended Krishna. He tried to steal his calves. Later, you know, Indra offended Krishna. Muyanti Atsuraya. It is said in the beginning of the Bhagavatam, the gods are bewildered by Krishna. Hmm? Who is he? Indra offended. When Indra offended by sending rains, he tried to kill the cows hmm? and all the inhabitants. When he realized he'd made a mistake, he went to Brahma. And Brahma said, don't ask me. <laughs> you know, I tried to steal his calves. Don't, don't ask me what you've done. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I tried to steal his calves and, uh, you know, see what happened to me. I mean, I... Uh, what did happen, of course, ultimately was that he appealed to Krishna for forgiveness and he glorified Krishna beautifully with so many prayers of Gaudiya Siddhanta and Krishna just looked at him like, what are you doing here with four heads, you know, they don't fit here in the Brajalila. And so Brahma just paid obeisances, circumambulated him and left, of course. But what happened in due course is he, he considered himself to have offended the form of Krishna. Hmm? the person of Krishna. But what happened? Although he offended the form, Krishna gave him his name and his Brahma who became Haridas hmm? and the Namacharya hmm? who teach by his example how to chant Japa. Hmm? So by Nam, hmm, we can come to know the, the Rupa, the form the guna, the qualities, and the leela of Bhagavan. So generous is the name. See what Krishna has done to teach this. Hmm? Through Haridas, through Brahma Haridas, as he thought. As he thought. And this Brahma Haridas, hmm? he was, of course, he offended the form, therefore he was born in a, in a family that was outside of the... Um, the, uh, the Varnashram. Hmm? He was a, an out, outcast. So, uh, uh, see again how generous is Nam. Hmm? It, is, it is the central limb of Hari Bhakti in Kali Yuga. And it cuts through the Varnashram and all the rules. Hmm? All the rules. Mahaprabhu said, we're breaking all the rules here. We're, going, we're just giving them Nam. They take the name and, and they'll rise far above a Brahma. Hmm? What will be their position? What is the power of Nam? Hmm? And so Haridas Thakur, the exemplar, Mahaprabhu named him. He, we will learn how to chant from him. He chanted three lakhs a day. That means Machita Madgata Prana. You know, his chitta was absorbed because his prana was absorbed hmm? in that. Hmm? Uh, if one lakh is half your breaths, then three lakhs, then what? <laughs> is the idea, 300,000 names. So this was his chanting. And in the context of that, it said he chanted one lakh manasik japa, one lakh vachasik, and one lakh upamsu. Hmm? One lakh whispering, one lakh, lakh of names out loud, and one lakh... Uh, internally in the mind. Now it's thought, of course, and taught that 
the japa in the mind, that is most powerful. Hmm? And the japa whispering is second, and the japa out loud is the least um, of the best. Hmm? The idea, now you will read this place and you think, oh, I, sh- I better chant in my mind then, because that's the best. But no, that's not what it means. It means that if by the chanting your mind becomes controlled in due course, hmm, then that's, that's best. But if you, you cannot imitate, you don't have eligibility to chant like that, then you should chant out loud. Hmm? And of course, it's also mentioned that you may have eligibility for that, but still you may chant out loud. And in that way, in this consideration, the chanting out loud becomes the best because your consideration is, let me chant, but let me chant in such a way that others will also hear. Hmm? When we do like, they'll be benefited. When we look at it like that, then the vachasik out loud becomes the best chanting. Hmm? Prabhupada seemed to emphasize that when he gave his example of how to chant, right? Of course, he couldn't have just done manasik japa. We said, Prabhupada, could we record you chanting japa? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That wouldn't work. And the whispering wouldn't work. Upamsu wouldn't work either. So he chanted out loud. Hmm? But um, when we do that out loud, then that that, uh, japa that is a limb of smarnam becomes a limb of kirtanam. Hmm? So that then has power, greater power and efficacy for us, even if our eligibility then is less. Hmm? It has greater power to purify us and qualify us for ultimately this internal life and, and having a controlled mind and being able to meditate. Hmm? So, as I said, japa Smarnam requires some qualification. So we'll start our japa then by chanting arguably out loud. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, you got a room full of people. Hare Ram, you might be used to that. Some of you. Hare Ram from times gone by. Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, and so forth. So, Kirtana Prabhavi, Smarana Swabhavi. So by this uh, gradually the the mind will become arrested is the idea hmm? so we have that example from uh taku haridas and mahabhu has singled him out uh, he showed the way and he singled him out also to show the generosity hmm, of the name to very very exemplify the very statement of rupa goswami that the name is more generous than the name and by the name we will get the named. And so, everything in a name. What's in a name? So much in a name. As I said, inside the name is the form. Inside the name is the, are the qualities. Inside the name are the leelas of Krishna. So, our japa, as we become um, qualified through japa, let's say vachasik japa of nam, which is then it becomes a limb of kirtan, and are we able to absorb our minds and so forth, gradually in the context of chanting, japa, then we can do guna kirtan, or excuse me, guna uh, smarnam, excuse me, rupa smarnam. Nam smarnam leads to rupa smarnam. Rupa smarnam means remembering the, the form. Hmm? By our chanting, a particular form of the Lord will come within. Hmm? And then, from there, gunasmarnam. While chanting the name, one will also be doing gunasmarnam. Certain qualities of Krishna's form that, that correspond with a particular type of relationship with Krishna that's developing, like the friend of Krishna, the lover of Krishna, hmm? will stand out and become, be revealed by the name. And then, Leelasmarnam. Hmm? 
in the context of doing japa, one will also be doing, uh, 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 as I say, namsmarnam, one will be doing lilasmarnam as well. So that's why a beautiful thing uh, I once heard from Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj when some of the devotees were talking with him about eligibility for lilasmarnam. Lilasmarnam means to remember the lilas of... The full sense of the term it means, and that's what they were talking about, remembering Krishna, meditating on Krishna, in the context of a particular relationship, meditating on his leelas, hmm? in the context of a particular relationship that I'm developing with him. So that will be a certain perspective. Like if you you hear the leela, but then what's the perspective? Is it a Sakyaras perspective or a Madhuyaras perspective? Matsalyaras? They, they'll all look at the leelas slightly differently. Think about them differently. Experience them differently. Hmm? Right? I mean, the Krishna's leela of stealing into, into the night to meet with Radha. How will Radha think of that and experience that and the gopis? And then how will Mother Yashoda think of that and experience that? That'll be very different, just to give you a crude uh, example. Hmm? But Salyaras is, 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 not, is, uh, is not favorable to uh, Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? They're in opposition but that's a good opposition to make it all possible. Sakiras and Madhuryas, they're, 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 they're complementary to one another. Hmm? Uh, but Saliras and Madhuryas, they're, they're, they're in opposition. Hmm? Um, so, different perspectives for different uh, devotees, and all this shall come to us in the, in, in the context of Japa. Hmm? So, Purimarsh was saying, was it being asked about Leela Smarnam? What's the eligibility for Leela Smarnam? To sit, remember the Leela in the context of a particular relationship with Krishna. This is, this is very high. Hmm? And Purimarsh beautifully said, kind of, he kind of chuckled and said, I'll tell you this, one thing, he said, that without chanting Nam, free from Aparad, there will be no, no, no Rag Bhakti, no, 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 no bhava, no prema, no, 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 no lilasmarnam. So this is like, well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And to do nam, uh, avoid nam aparat, you have to avoid, uh, you have to pay attention. Hmm? So by paying attention to Krishna nam, all these things can come very naturally. Hmm? By nam smarnam, by kirtan, we become qualified to do smarnam. Kirtan and Shravanam and Kirtan will support the Smarnam as it starts to develop, will energize it, and so forth. Hmm? And our Smarnam is Nam Smarnam and Mantra Smarnam uh, in the context of the Mantra and the Japa that we do. Hmm? All our perfection will come, so don't, don't, don't worry that you have to do something else. There's some extra, extra practice or something. There is. It's an internal practice, and it will rise of its own accord Hmm? Like the sun rises at its own time, hmm? as we become eligible in the context of sadhana. Take, that means say, what you have been given and use it properly. Here are your beads and your name is Dasi. Hmm? And you will chant this many times. Pay close attention to that. Do that. This is very important. We make a big show. Sometimes we light a fire, call other people and blow horns and everything. Something important is happening here. Hmm? Here. Now, what you've been given, is, this is so valuable here. So valuable. Hmm? Make commitment to that. Try to perfect that. Create a, a, a favorable environment. Um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, if you can't pay attention, lock the door and put on a blindfold hmm? and chant your japa somehow or other. What nectar is in the name? You, you refer to the name as Chintamani Swarup. Hmm. Nam is Chintamani Swarup. It's a Chintamani stone, that mystical stone, a philosopher's stone. They say that by, by touching it to iron, it turns iron into gold. It means it's well, wish fulfilling. It can do magical things. The Nam is a Chintamani Swarup. You will, it will give you your Swarup the form to serve Krishna. He will come from this. Hmm? 
Don't think there's some other way. I've got to do that. And I've got to get over here and get busy with that. And otherwise, pay attention. Gurudev has given you the japa. He's given you the the, the, the mantra. Hmm? This is the wealth. Hmm? These these are both for smarnam. Hmm? The japa is for smarnam, the, the mala, and the mantra, both of them. Now, conduct yourself in such a way, hello, that you can do... <laughs> Very good. Coming up front. That you can do smarnam hmm? and and go the distance and inherit the wealth of of Golok. Any question? Yes. I, this is probably a technical question, but it keeps coming up in my mind uh, from time to time for a long number of years, so I'm going to ask it. Um, by the time I joined in 1975, uh, Prabhupada wasn't personally chanting on the beads anymore like he used to. So when I got initiated, uh, Jaitirtha Prabhu was the GBC, and he chanted on my beads, which, and that, uh, my original set of chocolate beads I lost. They were they were taken from me. And uh, so then I replaced them and um, just dipped them in Radhakund or something when I visited India. I know Prabhupada's my spiritual master. But then uh, years and years later, uh, then there was one sannyasi I was I had a, an affinity for. I thought he was very nice. So I asked him to chant on my new beads, which I had already been chanting on for years by myself. And then later on, he fell down. And so now, and then I, I got a different pair of beads, and I just chant on those. And so, what is that? I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Prabhupada's my guru, but... Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Prabhupada did ask some of his students to chant on beads. For I chanted on a lot of the devotees' beads for initiation uh, for Prabhupada's disciples. Um, but um, there's a famous picture of me holding a whole bunch of beads in the Los Angeles temple next to Prabhupada for an initiation. Um, but um, but Pujapad Sridharmarsh, this kind of issue came up. A lot of the devotees lost their beads, had them stolen. My first set of beads was stolen um, because the car we were in was stolen. And we were in the car, and we were doing book distribution, and it was, ended up in the middle of a lake. That's a long story, but uh, but um, anyway, uh, <laughs> takes me back. Pujapatrita uh, Murtis. A lot of the Prabhupada's disciples were in a similar kind of situation, and his policy it, it, it was that you shouldn't chant on the mala unless a Vaishnav has chanted on them. Hmm? And so, if you lost your beads, and, you, and then your guru was available to chant and Prabhupada chant on the second set of beads for me. And um, those are also, there's a story behind those there. Uh, I don't have those either. So so um, I remember uh, Nasringamarsh, who's a guru in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, a godbrother of ours, uh, he uh, somehow lost a set of beads. And so he asked Vishnu Maharaj, his godbrother, to chant on the beads for him because he wanted to follow that principle, the spirit of that, uh, that that it shouldn't be just a, ma- a mala, market mala or something like that. And of course, that's not your thinking behind it, but to um, to uh, reinforce that idea, it's very auspicious. So that's very much recommended. You find a Vaishnav who you feel um, is, um, you have confidence in and so forth, ask him to chant on the beads for you. That's what I would do, what I would recommend. Another question? Yes. Um, it seems there were a couple of different things that you were saying in the class. One was that if you were having difficulty chanting your japa, maybe you should stop and do something else. And then you were saying that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was saying, you know, put a blindfold, do whatever you can to yeah. focus. And Another approach. Yeah, so, um, because sometimes I see that you know, devotees, they, they, they have made a vow to chant a certain amount of realms, and, um, and sometimes they, they, they have difficulty doing that, and they stop chanting altogether. And it seems that that, that becomes um, kind of a, a downward spiral for the bhakti. It's, it seems Yeah, they shouldn't stop, but I didn't recommend that. But you know, like I say, you can you can blindfold yourself, or you, 
the point is you're going to dedicate some time to the to the japa and if you even you're chanting out loud you can't you could sit and arguably you could spend that time chanting because the japa it's out loud as i said is a limb of kirtan anyway but yeah there should be a commitment to a number of rounds or a time um, that corresponds with them something like that sometimes the devotees find themselves chanting and looking at the bead and so forth and so on. so it might be better than just a time okay I'll chant for one hour or two hours and I won't look at the bead when the alarm goes off boom, my job appeared is over so that it is, there are maybe different techniques one can do to avoid making it a mechanical exercise before you can actually hear the name taste it the mind closes down and, and then somebody says it's time to stop chanting <laughs> Oh, that's what you want, right? Hmm. Question? Can we say that uh, the degree of attention we are able to give to the holy name uh, corresponds directly to our attraction to Krishna? Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, is, is it correct to assume? Yeah. But you'll say, but I like Krishna, but I don't like chanting. <laughs> now what? Right, so... Well, that will come in time. <laughs> yeah. Some like hearing more than chanting. How, Some like us. Encouraged by the fact that the attention uh, that we give to the Holy Name is not is, is very bad. Like in my in my case, I feel it's I don't I don't I don't have good attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you have to think that the name is dear, very generous. He stays with you anyway. Hmm. Mahaprabhu said that, Nananuraga, I have no attraction, this is my misfortune, because of um, anarthas hmm, that are there, and um, still I chant, and they'll go away in due course of time. I should think like this. The best means to overcome these anarthas is to continue chanting. So that's our lamentable condition, that we have some background that doesn't allow us to be as attentive as we would like. Hmm? Still we humbly... Uh, try to embrace our our vow to chant and prayerfully uh, petition the name to um, well do its its thing. Chaitodarpanamarshnam cleanse the heart. Hmm? So then again, there may be other devotional activities that you're more fond of reading, hearing the lectures, and so forth, and so on. Taking prasadam, I heard that was popular. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, somehow or other, try to absorb yourself in those activities. Then you should get some liking for chanting in due course. Don't beat yourself up over it. But yes, question. Yes, I have a question. You said earlier. Um Diksha mantras are also part of japa, and that sambandha jnana is in there, in the mantras to be drawn out. Could you speak a little bit about that? Because um, it feels like Hare Krishna mantra, you know, is, is, you know, there's, well, for me personally, that it's more accessible, that I can feel something, I can, you know, um, I can have some experience and some emotion, and sometimes not, but, you know, it um, you know, can vacillate between differing kinds of emotions or experiences as as they chant. But the Diksha mantras feel, um, you know, I feel like they're beyond my comprehension in a certain way. And, and I do them because I say my guru instructs me and maybe something will come eventually. But mm-hmm. I'm a little lost with it. Well, it takes time. That's all I can say, really. And then the, the name will gradually make you more eligible to take advantage of those. One of the one of the things I should say that you can do is you can combine the um, the chanting of the Diksha Mantras with deity worship, which they have their place in. Mm-hmm. And Archan can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so if you uh, have opportunity to come here early, for example, and get a place and line and offer Arctic one day or something, or learn those procedures, for example, from Mahara, uh, that kind of thing, you, you find it's very, very powerful, and that can help us to 
um, pay attention also and then draw something more from the Diksha mantras, which are required for that as well. So that's a suggestion. Otherwise, yes, they they require more purification in order to, uh, I don't want to say be efficacious, but to be uh, experience the depth of what they contain. They, they're very powerful. They they are petition. Have you read my explanation of the Gopal Mantra in Gopal Tapani Upanishad? Yeah, it's going to be studied. You can do mananam contemplation on the meaning as much as the meaning can be put into words and so forth and try to focus on that while chanting the mantra. Hmm? But the idea that it, that it will bring out your relationship with Krishna is that it, it's a particular petition hmm? uh, for sharanagati, surrender. And um, as I've often said, that the, the, the drama of Krishna Leela is performed on the stage of sharanagati, so that has to be in place. Another question? Yes. Shamala. Um, what if the situation happens where you're unable to chant or you've tried to chant and then maybe over time you can't like um, in the hospital and could chant? Yeah. Like um my mom said you have to make up your own, which I plan on doing, but what's the rules for that? Like uh, it's it's uh um yeah, you, you, you. you uh, if there are extenuating circumstances where you can't chant, then you can't chant, and there you, you, you're, you're exonerated by that. The problem comes only when, out of negligence, you don't chant. If out of negligence you don't chant, then that becomes operat. But if out of extenuating circumstances hmm, you cannot chant, then you are exonerated. And those extenuating circumstances may, in some instances, be other services that are required of you. Hmm? Or they may be, well, you were unconscious for three days in a coma. Um, you know, so um, uh, Prabhupada tried to emphasize it in such a way, the, the vow, uh, its importance by way of saying, make it up, you know, the next day and so forth. And I think that has value, that kind of emphasis. But um, um, we also find the example of Haridas Thakur. He couldn't complete his rounds at a certain point in his uh, in, in the Leela. And Mahaprabhu said, well, you know, you don't have to continue. He says, you're sick, you're old here. And, of course, you're perfect in your chanting. That's another thing. But, but the other lower side is also there. Hmm? So the, what we are concerned about is that out of out of apathy and neglect, we don't chant and we don't take advantage, but not out of extenuating circumstances that don't allow us to chant. That help? Yeah, common sense, but it's not that common. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I was listening to one of your lectures, and you were telling um, one of your disciples that. To get more attentive in the olden, back in the before, you used to offer your obeisances after each round. Yeah. Beg Prabhupada to help you be attentive. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Well, well, I tried to do that, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, maybe I was materially. I was just praying for attention, and you know, maybe I should. Have that could be longer, but yeah. <laughs> more time and you know, all that stuff. So how should I think about that? Keep I always keep trying and it didn't happen the first day either for me, but I kept trying. the thing is that you you try and you'll be successful. You know, you you, you also you try and you pray to Krishna for a taste. Bhakti Notakras is something I can beg, borrow or steal to get the nectar of the name and so forth, but you also know he's independent, so he'll reveal himself, give himself as he as he wants, and and um, and uh, so you continue, regardless. Um, you should have confidence that it doesn't go in vain, even if you don't get some taste immediately or in due course. 
Um, as I've often explained it uh, sometimes, when you, when you wait, well, well, when you build a house, first you have to make a foundation. So the building doesn't go up, it goes down first. So then that may be, it may be a big foundation. <laughs> Take some time. So. Also, I was thinking about um, in New Vrindavan how they, when towards the end of the whole, like, you know, the bad things that were going on, they were telling, the leader was telling the devotees to chant silently, and hmm. so many of them gave up their japa because it was so, there was no taste. Uh huh, so. Yeah, so they weren't. They stopped chanting, and they're struggling today to try to chant again. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's, we brought that up. It's a good interesting comment that illustrates some of the points we raised. What else? What's the time? It's um, almost quarter to three. Okay, well we've talked for a while. And then uh, what, there'll be some kirtan and then there's going to be another talk? Uh, Prashadam now and then uh, kirtan and then um, Ashram Swami and you will come and speak about Prophet remembrances of Prophet. Me too. No, no, Marge, I'll come along. No, Srila Prabhupada Kijad. Haribo. Haribo. Haribo.